0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Rebelde Rewatch. This is our second episode of watching Rebelde, the novella. Hopefully, you guys have been keeping up. If you listened to the first episode, thanks for coming back and tuning in. Today, we're covering episodes three and four uh, and just our takeaways from watching it, kind of just what stood out, what we enjoyed. Um, So, yeah, let's jump right in. I'm going to do... Well, first of all, I'm joined by my sister, Hortensia. Hey, hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, so the two of us are going to jump into um, episodes three and four and just share some of like, what we took notice of when we were watching those. Uh, so picking up where we left off, last time we talked a lot about the setting up of this world of Rebelde, where it's taking place, some of the characters. We talked a little bit about like the parent dynamics, the class dynamics, everything that was sort of being shared in episodes one and two. Where we pick up in episode three is really starting to get to see how all of these characters might be interacting with each other. So we get um, a few key interactions. Um, One is going to be like Miguel and Diego, Um, not necessarily a good one. Uh, We get to see um, more of Mia's friendship kind of like develop, or at least we get to see more of like how she is as a friend and like how her friend relationships are. we get to see Ro- Roberta being, a, you know, a bit of an instigator in some cases and then a really important thing that we get to see in this episode is the interaction between me and Miguel for the first time. So really episode three is just like how are all these characters starting to co and exist in the same space. Uh, so yeah that's where we're diving into
1: next. What uh, What do you want to kick off for episode three? Well, just to go over, you know, like we mentioned in the first episode, um, we talked about how Miguel's storyline is super problematic because he's there with the purpose of getting revenge. And so um, he's showing again uh, how he he's sort of manipulating people, you know, to get Mm -hmm. to his goal. And we see that right away with him um, using Lupita and her aunt. Right. uh so in this episode like it starts off with him not being able to take the test to, to get into the, even to get into the school which is going to be a huge issue obviously for his plan so lupita's aunt you know after the story she told him and after i mean after the story he told them about himself and how he was there you know to get into the school and his dad and this, and him, obviously a very uh and and version. yeah version. <laughs> and so they're mm-hmm. you know lupita's aunt basically vouches for him she says that she's going to be his um basically like his gar- legal guardian uh because his mom isn't there to sign for him mm-hmm. to get into the school and so like that that goes to show again how he's manipulating the people around him these good people who are just trying to help um but again he's kind of just so focused on meeting his goal he doesn't care who he has to use um but, yeah, so that's something that I noticed right off the bat. And um, as you talked about Mia and and her friends, I guess we can go into a little bit of that. Uh, one of the key things that we see at the beginning of these episodes is also, like, relationships. So uh, Diego mentions at some point that him and Mia should date because it's obviously what everybody wants. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're the two popular kids, the two, like, best-looking kids, whatever, that the school has. Like, they're, like, it makes sense that we're together together. And Mia's not into that. She's like, no, you know, and I think she sees Diego strictly as a friend. And so that, that comes up again in this episode and we see Vico um, interested mm-hmm. in Diego. And so she kind of wants to make sure there's a clear path to that because, you know, again, it's like are you, she asks Mia, are you sure you're not into him? You know, this and that. And Mia's like, no. And so right. that she sees that as her way of, you know, getting with Diego because, again, Biko is a character who I feel like um, she's trying to prove herself. She is a becada, so she isn't quite, you know... She's accepted only because she's Mia's friend. Right. uh, Into the high, you know, like, the top-tier group. But um, she still has that feeling of, like, she has to prove herself so she can really belong. And I think being with Diego only puts her in that position of power even more. Because it's like, oh, I'm dating the most popular guys. Right, so...
0: Yeah. And she was like a former project of Mia's, right? So, like, yes, one of Mia's yeah. successful, like, checks. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. like, they're my magic on on Vico, and now Vico's one of the, the cool, popular girls.
1: Yeah, so that's something. And, um, and we talked, I, I know we've mentioned this before. Mia, um, is a really good friend because mm-hmm. in this episode, uh, when Vico does run off to kind of go find Diego, Selena talks about how she can how how people see vico as as something somewhat of a she's you know, basically
0: like slut shaming her right yeah
1: she is because she's like basically saying like there's a reason all these guys are after her or like her and mia shuts that shuts that down really quick she's like she's our friend you know we're not going to talk about her like that and this and that and it goes to show how you know when she cares about people mia really does protect her friends mm-hmm. so even though she can be really like you know again uh, narrow-minded in some of the ways she thinks about people we you know when she cares about them she really does want the best for them right yeah Um, for sure like Mia yeah, it's on the surface is
0: like a superficial you know spoiled girl but she does care about those around her and protects them and is pretty loyal Um, mm-hmm. to your point like she protects Biko. we'll see later like how she reacts with selena well in an in a key plot twist um so yeah like mia is definitely at least showing here in this episode that she's somebody who puts friends high on her list of like who she protects
1: mm-hmm. and it kind of contrasts with the way that maybe mia's friends are um mm-hmm. with her because um another another thing we see is vico is hooking up with Diego, and it so happens that Roberta's in the room is is kind of overhearing them, and she overhears Vico tell Diego um, that Mia is a virgin, right? And and she says it, I think, to show how, because she's trying to prove to him like I'm better for you because I'm you know experienced, I'm this, I'm that, whatever. She's right. just trying to put a contrast between her and Mia, because I think like, at the end of the day she is a little self self conscious and self aware that she's not you know, in Mia's position, so he could pick Mia still, you know, but she's, like, basically, like, trying to find a way to say, hey, pick me, pick me, mm-hmm. and um, and so she brings this up, which, you know, is something very personal that she shouldn't need to be sharing with Diego, yeah. and it goes to show again how, you know, even though Mia tries to maybe protect her friends, her friends are not always as loyal um, right, right, right. when it comes to some of her things, so we see Roberta use this information later, to create, um, to instigate some issues between Mia and her friends. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think you also get to start to see the competition, the rivalry between Selena and Vico, right? Like they're vying to be the top friend to Mia. Like they both kind of want to be her her top choice. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of start to see that as their like little things here and there where they disagree or they're like talking about the other one behind the other one's back and again Mia like shuts those
1: things down yeah she does she does and um and so yeah so it's it's kind of it's it's you start to see some some of the insight of like the friend groups and how they interact and all that but um another another situation we see um between like me and her friends is like we we see Selena um, she passes by the classroom where the recalers are taking their test, and she sees me mm-hmm. And so she immediately, like, is like, "Oh my gosh!" Like she, she develops a crush on him, right? Like she's like into him. And and so later, when we see the interaction between me and Miguel, it's going to be important because again, uh, well, we well always... let's let's let's
0: go there because that's
1: okay. a big part of the episode, right? <laughs> it's a huge part of the episode because because obviously it. it... It's so funny. It's it's a very awkward situation like it's so cheesy but it works because you it points out how important this moment is, right? Like you know, Miguel has just taken the test and he's uh waiting for the results and he goes onto the hall and it happens that Mia is going onto the hall and they basically like see each other and it's supposed to be like love at first sight. Mm-hmm. So, it's this little montage of like he- like shots of his face and her face like back and forth and and there's music playing and it's very dramatic um mm-hmm. and here the song <laughs> the song that's playing in the background is um una canción um that's a, that's the name of the song it's called una canción and it's normally uh the, the person that sings that song is um uh, christian chavez so like in the in rebelde the, uh this you know like the the cd and everything like you'll hear christian singing the song but in this version that's only in the novella, as far as I know, it's Robert, uh, it's Dulce, Dulce Maria, mm-hmm. she's singing uh, the song. And so you hear that song and it's one of their, one of their popular songs later on, but um, it kind of sets the mood for that. Cause you feel like it's a romantic moment, you know, these two see each other, it's like love at first sight, but we all know the viewers know that there's going to be issues obviously, cause they don't know who each other is yet, right. you know? Right. And so it's sort of supposed to be this magical moment but again it comes off a little cheesy but it does the job of saying like
0: (laughs) so overly dramatic (laughs) anybody who has seen the episode knows there's multiple cutaways from Miguel to Mia to Miguel back to Mia like at least five or six times we go back and (laughs) forth and they're dramatic slow motion like Uh, Uh It's it's really over (laughs) There's
1: sound effects, like it's all there. Like the music, the sound effects, the cutaway shots, like it's all there, but it does the job of saying like, wow, like this moment, you know? And it's funny because they really are the, and I don't know why it's set up this way, but they really are the only couple, because later on we'll find out like who ends up kind of like getting into who, like who's into who later, but Mm -hmm. they're the only ones that have this sort of magical moment when they meet. Which I find interesting because I'm not sure. At the beginning of the novella, I guess it's something I want to just want to kind of put out there. Like when we find that, like we find out this novel is going to happen and we hear about, you know, the characters and stuff. It's always played out to be sort of about the four central characters, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Mia, Miguel, Roberto, and Diego. And it's not supposed to be like anyone's more important than the other. And their relationships are not more important than the other. But it's so funny to me that this cutaway scene like this very dramatic meeting moment is very, you know, it's obviously very over the top and it calls attention to their relationship. So it's yeah. just interesting to me why they did it that way. Um, I think it might have to do
0: with the who they are, right? Like Mia is very much a hopeless romantic um, and would want some kind of meaning like mm-hmm. that. She would want that like, oh, I fell in love at first sight or, oh, here's my like person versus the other characters which i don't know if you're if you're hearing this you probably know who the other characters that end up together mm-hmm. are much more of like fiery, like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah we're gonna,
1: like like butt heads, yeah. and like that not, works for them right like, yeah that's very true very true and it kind of reminds me of you know and it kind of reminds me of romeo and juliet uh the 1996 version um you know when leonardo dicaprio and uh uh, Ju- claire, danes. Uh, claire danes are you know they they see each other for the first time through like this aquarium thing and they kind of like know at that moment like oh my gosh like it was love at first sight and it's mm-hmm. it's very dramatic because it's like you just saw this person through the like okay who is this person right but it, it almost makes their relationship seem like magical like there's something mm-hmm. more to this and so that's why i find it interesting that they do put that part in the novella and but it does go like you said it goes with mia and her personality it's very um she is a very like romantic kind of person and so it kind of makes sense but uh but but the the thing here is that when she does find out you know she she sees me in and she kind of runs away kind of i think overwhelmed by her emotions or whatever she runs away and she doesn't talk to him so she goes back to her room and She tells Selena, oh, like, I'm fine. You know, I saw someone that I like. And they basically, it was one point talk about, they both like someone. And they're both excited because they think, like, oh, yay, we both like someone, you know. We can double date. Yeah, we can double date. Like, it'll be fun (laughs) because, yay, now we're both going to have boyfriends, whatever. And at this point, they don't know that they like the same boy. Yeah. And um, later, when when they're in the hallway again and they see Miguel, and he's at this point already accepted into the school. He's getting congratulated because then, you know, they have taken the test and they decide uh, that certain people are staying. It's just a few people like Lupita, Nico, I think one more character, but, um, but three main characters are Nico, Lupita, and Miguel. And so Selena sees season says that's him. And Mia immediately, like, you see her like being crushed. Cause she's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, my best friend likes the guy I like. Yeah. And It shows, Huggin how good of a friend she is because at that point, she decides her friend comes first. She is not going to let her feelings get in the way. And also, like, she would not do that to Selena, you know? Like, she won't do that to her. And she won't even tell her, like, that she likes him, too, because she knows that Selena would think, you know, it would change everything. Because at that point, Selena would think, like, oh, no, like, you're going to take him away from me. or Like, I have no shot because you're obviously, like, the most beautiful, the most popular. Yeah. And so... Uh It's it's kind of sad because you do see that. But you see that, again, it shows how good of a friend Mia is because she doesn't, you know, she puts her feelings aside, which is good. Like, you, she could have, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to show how she's not a mean girl. Because yeah. if she was, she wouldn't care about her friend. She would be like, I don't care. I like this guy. And I haven't liked a guy in the school for a long time. Like, this is the one I want. Right. It's not at all like that, you know?
0: Yeah. And from what it sounds like, it's she doesn't often like guys at the school, right? Like Yeah more like she thinks she's above most of them like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it is a big deal that she's turning down like the one guy that she has liked in a while because mm-hmm. she
1: cares for her friend so much exactly yeah so um but yeah so uh, go ahead oh no I mean anything else about
0: those two or no? That? well
1: I, I didn't want to talk about what happens after that
0: because oh yeah what well, he finds out
1: what well, he finds out so in that moment when she finds out that that's who Selena likes. She, you know, she's kind of, I think at a loss for words. She doesn't know what to do. And she and then Miguel starts heading towards them, right? She talks mm-hmm. to them and she runs away. Cause she can't I think she can't deal with it. Like she can't meet him. She can't talk to him because she just found out she's not supposed to like him, right? Mm-hmm. So he meets Selena and here's where it starts to me like to be problematic again with Miguel's character, because he obviously is approaching Selena to try to get information about Mia. And it really sucks because Selena really likes him, right? And you see that he, you know, he, he he's like really friendly, and you know, again, he's really charming, which makes you like him. He's a <laughs> good-looking guy, you know, <laughs> so it's easy for people to like him. But we know that what he's doing is basically manipulating people again, and right. he's using Selena to get information about Mia, and yeah. and so he meets Selena, and she, you know, he's super friendly and all this and that. But um, Selena takes it as oh, like he probably he liked me because he's talking to me you know mm-hmm. and so again there's the issue with me again like he's yeah. using good people
0: <laughs> he is yeah. i think there is one more layer to add is like when he found out because with oh, that right. dramatic yeah. cutaway it was meant to show like he was interested in who is this person which we won't talk about like the age thing again but yeah he was like who is this person right and when he finds out it's mia who is like his target that's the family he's coming to get revenge on Mm -hmm. Uh, even though he did feel something when he saw her he is so focused on his purpose for being there which is getting revenge that he puts that aside like I am not gonna go there because I'm here to get revenge on this person and her family (laughs) so he his
1: his focus right now is solely on his plan to get revenge yeah and so and it's really hard at this point too to kind of know what we know about his dad and like the whole Colucci situation is like he um you know like obviously uh Mia's dad is some kind of a very you know very important businessman you know probably I don't know own several like companies or whatever um and so with Miguel's dad we don't really know the full story. So we don't know if he was like one of his employees or if they had a business transaction, whatever the real details are. Like for some reason, we know that Miguel's dad died and that he believes that it was all related to something that, that Colucci did. And so, <laughs> you know, again, goes back to show how, you know, in his mind, that's how he's grieving. I guess he he's using the loss of his dad, I think like, or he's dealing with the loss of his dad by focusing all on this anger and this like revenge plan and and so you know all he, he really does need like therapy like somebody to talk to but mm-hmm. obviously therapy is not something that's very you know very common or very acceptable uh, sometimes in our culture and so it's like obviously people deal with it in different ways like their trauma and so he's dealing with it in this this angry way but you know without really taking a step to say like what does this girl have to do with anything? You know, like right. if you think about it, like just like he had nothing to do with his dad's business or transactions or situation. Like how does this daughter of this man have anything to do with this? The thing is he's just thinking I'm going to use this person. Cause it's going to hurt him just the way he hurt us, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so he doesn't
0: care who he's using at this point, which yeah. is everybody, that
1: he's using. everybody that he meets. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think another thing we can talk about in this episode is, um, so we like so we meet Nico and and Lupita. We met in the Nico. Last episode. Nico, not to be confused with Vico. Yeah, Nico. <laughs> yeah, Nico and Vico. Yeah. So Nico is new new becado. Um, he's Jewish, um, so that makes him stand out because um, they even talk to him. Like when he gets accepted, he gets put into the room with, uh, with. Diego Tomas. Yeah, Diego and Tomas and stuff. And so. Um, they bring up the fact that he's Jewish and this and none of that. But the good thing about Nico is that I feel like he's he's very calm and kind of analytical. He's the voice of reason. He is going to be helping Miguel keep that temper of his in check. Because Miguel is very impulsive and kind of reacts to everything. We see that when he runs into Tomás. Mm-hmm. Um, he bumps into Tomás and then they both have this like, you know, watch where you're going, watch where you're going moment. And they almost fight and um and so Miguel just kind of reacts he doesn't think before he acts and so Nico's going to kind of be there to be a voice of reason to help him say hey dude like hey you just got into school don't ruin your chances mm-hmm. to get kicked out and I think that's going to help because otherwise Miguel would have gotten kicked out probably in the first day right. you know from fighting or from anything so um if Nico hadn't had it wouldn't be there I feel like that's why he's his character is so key because He's going to be help, helping with some of these situations. Um, besides, you know, his storyline, which we'll probably find out later on. But, um, yeah. And so, what else did... So, in this episode, we also... Um, Mia mentions something called La Logia in this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go into that one a little bit? Or
0: Yeah, I mean, it, there's not a whole ton. It's just a quick reference to... There's something called La Logia uh which sounds like you know it's kind of hush hush it's uh we don't get a whole ton around it but it's letting us know it's kind of foreshadowing that there's going to be more to come around this thing whether it's like a secret group or something at the school that we're not supposed to be really knowing about um it first gets mentioned here in this episode
1: yeah so we will find out more about that but it is very um you know, it's mentioned in this way, I think, to, to show us that, oh, there's something else. Not only do these kids have to deal with all this stuff happening with themselves and their, like, you know, personalities and they're the people they like and they don't like, but also there's something else going on at the school. So, mm-hmm. like, more added drama. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: we all meet yeah. Pilar, who is, I think mm-hmm. you mentioned her in last episode, but uh, mm-hmm. the headmaster's daughter, who's kind of like an outcast. She, is somebody that nobody wants to hang out with because she's the headmaster's daughter and equally does not like her classmates you know they don't like her she doesn't like them um so we kind of meet her here and uh maybe get a sense of like there's something there like that's gonna happen with her character
1: mm-hmm yeah so um i think you know again it it goes to show again how even though even though all these kids are in the same school and they're all there for different reasons you know again there's always that element of like class systems again if you're in a certain tier it's like okay well we're here because our you know our families are important and they're successful like they're the big families and in the country and then like some people are there again like the headmaster's daughter like she's not accepted because simply because her dad's the headmaster but like it's it just shows again how just because you might belong somewhere like technically on paper like they still don't accept you um and with her you know she's not accepted just for that fact and it's like the same with the decadals even though they're there because they get there on their merit as a scholarship kids you know like they're not always accepted because it's like oh well you you weren't you guys can't wouldn't be here but it's like hey to get a scholarship to a school like that it, you're, it's impressive you know but it's almost not viewed like that sometimes it's like mm-hmm. you know you're you're still not good enough considered to the specific you know, people that certain groups that, that go there. So again, class systems are very important like are a big deal here. It's like it shows the haves and have nots and the you know, just how some people rank depending on how they're in the school. So
0: yep. All right, anything else or should we get to episode four? Uh
1: I think we're good good to start with episode four. I will say that this episode ends on a weird uh, <laughs> on a weird ending because Miguel sneaks up on Mia at the end Mm, um, and it just shows again how they have this tension between them like there's obviously something they like each other but you know it it shows also how awkward it is because he's again he's there with a certain purpose and and sneaks into her room sneaks into her room and you know it it shows again how problematic his character is when you know and I hate that about it because I'm like you know I like him but it just shows how he's willing to do whatever it takes to reach okay. his plan. So anyway, that was the end of that episode. <laughs> All right. So
0: yeah, let's pick up there because that's where it ends. And that's kind of where episode four begins. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But biggest thing about episode four that we're um, going to get into is episode four kind of gives us a change in scenery. We um, go from the school to this thing called vacants club which is basically the summer club for all the kids all the students whose parents didn't take them anywhere um all the becados who are there for the first time all the students to kind of just like um spend summer together before classes start and even though like for us the viewer it's like they're on this beautiful resort on the beach in mexico you know it's, it's it's awesome for them it's like oh this is so humiliating like we have to go to this black guns club this is the last place we would want to be for the rich kids here Mm -hmm. um and but you know what it allows them to do in the episode is and in a few future episodes is kind of just like change the scenery a bunch of teenagers hanging out on the beach having fun um and kind of just like letting loose so that more shenanigans can happen yeah
1: more chaos (laughs) more chaos yeah yeah no it's it's interesting to see because it is like you said it's a very nice exclusive looking resort and to them it's like oh we have to go to the Club because we haven't we didn't have better plans or you know like we were left behind because like mia is there because she's being punished for something she did in episode one and then you know diego is also being punished for stealing the car and all these kids are there basically as punishment when it's like a really nice vacation but to them it's like oh you know I don't really want to be here and I think it's because of that because it's like you kind of are left behind um it's the feeling of like oh I didn't you know go with my family or you know it's like I have to be here stuck at school with these kids these other kids but but yeah it's it's a nice place so we'll see what they get into there um but at the beginning of the episode we still start with you know again Mia has just snuck into me I mean Miguel has just snuck into Mia's room and um it's funny because you know here's the thing so selena again crushing on miguel and doesn't realize mia like i find it funny that selena doesn't get it. it i mean i guess she wouldn't i mean there's so many people at that school yeah there's so many people at the school so she doesn't realize that so she right you know is acting weird because she likes miguel too but then Miguel comes in and Selena's basically saying, like, don't tell him I made the sign and the sign has Miguel with hearts and <laughs> this and that. And it's just very like obvious that it's for somebody that likes Miguel. And so Miguel thinks it's Mia. Mm-hmm. And then Mia's like, no. And so we find here how it starts that she starts to treat him kinda like really badly. Like in order for her to deal with her feelings for him, she's gonna start seeing him as like, Ugh, you're the worst, you know? Yeah. So well, and also
0: say, to overcompensate so that nobody suspects that she has these feelings, right?
1: Yeah, so that they think she never would date someone like him. And she even insults him um, by saying, like, I would never date someone, basically, like like a country boy, like somebody who's not a city... Um, somebody who's not to her life, right? Yeah. And uh, and it's because of that, because she's dealing with her feelings and also so nobody would ever guess that she likes him. Um, but yeah, uh, that's something that you know, it's gonna play out later on, because I think this is a moment where she decides like this is how I'm gonna have to treat him when I deal with him, you know yeah, but uh, and yeah, and 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 I, and I think Miguel, again, again, going back to his whole point is I think he's just trying to he still likes you could tell like he has that again, there's that connection between them, but he's again just looking out for what he needs to do to get to her for his yeah. plan.
0: Yeah, so you start getting like this weird relationship between where they like basically hate each other on the outside uh, mm-hmm. for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, but then somewhere deep down they actually love each other. I guess yeah, is what we're like supposed to know, right?
1: Yeah, they like each other. So yeah, but um, so another thing that stood out to me in this episode is, um, well. Here's the other relationship. Well, as we talked about, like relationships, um, at this point, Diego's dating Vico, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first time Roberta and Diego meet, yep. Um, and he's very aggressive towards her, like, he is upset because you know, Vico. Because what happens is that, well, we yeah, talk- let's
0: back up a little to you mentioned episode three, Roberta overheard Vico talking about how. Uh, maybe it was episode two one of the episodes where Rico is telling Diego that uh, me is a virgin mm-hmm. Roberta heard this and uses this to kind of like tear up the friend group a little bit um so then Diego's basically like coming from that like she she goes and complains to Diego about Roberta causing problems
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so even though I mean at the end of the day like it doesn't really cause many issues it does kind of bring up the fact of like you know it, it does bring in some uncertainty into their friend group because it's it's sort of like um, Mia does want to know what you know what what is the being said about her and why are her friends talking about her and mm-hmm. that but it doesn't really like break them up or anything I think it just kind of is used to to show that you know again Mia's a really good friend but maybe her friends are not always as loyal and also to show maybe that Roberta has a different side to her that even though she's wild and rebellious and she doesn't like this group of girls like she does still have certain um like a code in- of friendship code of friendship yeah like she wouldn't talk about her friend like that so why would she doesn't so she doesn't think it's cool that her that vehicle did that to mia mm-hmm. so i think it's to show us that too i think from that perspective um but yeah so so then because of all this um you know diego runs into roberta and basically you know it's really aggressive and says you know you better leave her alone and this and that like but it's funny to me how that meeting between them was so again so heated and so aggressive and just you know you see these two very strong personalities already clashing
0: Right. Um,
1: and so it's just a very different dynamic than uh you see for the other some of the other the other meetings and so um it's also shows where roberta starts calling diego un muñequito de plástico and she does that Probably during the whole novella so, um, you know, he's like a Ken doll to her because he, I mean, it's if yeah, if you had to pick people, Mia is the Barbie and Diego is the Ken doll, right? They're like these perfect little, um, characters with like the perfect little lifestyles and, and so they're what would stand for as like, you know, like like a Barbie and a Ken, and so it's funny that that's what Rueda calls him and that's what she's gonna keep calling him, um. So um what else? Oh, um, and also in this episode, we start we see more of Miguel using Selena for his plan. Mm-hmm. Um so as they're all getting ready to um go on this vacances club or whatever, they're they're leaving this the school, you know, she he's like, Come sit with me and this and that. So he takes he starts taking Selena out of her friend group so that he can win her over. And that was problematic because it's like you, you, you know this girl likes you. You can tell she likes you, but she—he's using her, again, to get information out of her and this and that. And and maybe if he didn't have this crazy plan, like I think Miguel probably would like seeing, like he likes her because she's nice. Like he and she's a pretty girl and everything. I think it just doesn't give us that vibe because we know that he's, you know, he has a motive. Right. Yeah.
0: Definitely. So. so- yeah, I mean, we start to see him using her for, like, information. But also to create problems with Mia, right? Like, he's using Selena to get back at Mia because he's, like, stealing her best friend, basically. Yeah. Uh, she chooses to sit with him versus Mia on the trip. So, it's like, ha, I got her over mm-hmm. you kind of thing.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but then... So, okay, they go off on this they get in this bus and they're going on their trip and one thing i i wanted to mention was again roberta sometimes comes up with the craziest plans like she lights some kind of like uh not not a fireworks firecracker thing but she lights something up in the bus so it's like it sets a fire um and she's doing that as revenge for diego because of how he Approached her, how he kind of threatened her, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just thinking like you could have like killed everybody. I mean, <laughs> that fire gets out of hand, out of control. Like you really could have killed someone. So it just shows how sometimes she really is too spontaneous. Like Roberta, I feel like is one of those characters. I didn't always like her when I first watched the first the first time I watched Revelde. I didn't always like her because I did feel like she was always causing some kind of like chaos, but I understand her more now. I think I get that she just doesn't want to conform to what mm-hmm. society says, like, this is what you have to do and this is how you have to be. But I think sometimes some of her plans, she really just is a little too much because she doesn't think about others at the time. She's just thinking about what Roberta wants, you know, kind of like yeah. kind of like the same as Mia. Like, the way she sees Mia as being a very self-centered um, way, it, like person, I don't think she realizes that she's the same. It's just in a different perspective like it's in a different way but they're both very self-absorbed because mm-hmm. they both kind of feel like they deserve to do whatever they want and it's just in different types of they they do it in different ways but it's like they're very similar they just don't realize it at this time <laughs> yeah but
0: you know? well, i think it's normal right most teenagers don't think about like long term like what is this going to what problems could this cause yeah it's more of just like i feel like doing this i'm gonna do it uh, there's very few characters who kind of think of like consequences. Like I think we've mentioned, Nico is very level-headed. Lupita's Lupita. probably in that boat too, where they're just yeah. like, "Well, if we do this, what, how would it? You know, what would be the reaction? What could happen?" Yeah. But most of the other characters are very much like impulsive and are going to act on whatever they're feeling at the moment.
1: Yeah, and 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 also in this case, like Diego thinks it's Miguel that does this because him and Miguel had that issue. Because of with Tomas, yeah. So they were going to fight until Nico stopped it. And so he is just kind of creating more drama. Because, again, it's like putting people against each other that it has nothing to do. You know, again, it wasn't Miguel. And it had nothing to do with that. But Diego's thinking, oh, it was probably Miguel. And now I hate him even more. You know, like it's creating problems that really don't need to be there. But it's it's all this stuff that happens sometimes. It's, it got, I guess it shows kind of like the miscommunication and how. You know, we we assume things because of whatever perspective we have. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, I, you know, Diego thinks it's Miguel and other people think, you know, it's like nobody really guesses that it's it's it's, it's Roberta. But it's like, you know, it just shows that everyone's going to kind of see it differently. So um, but they do get to the Vacans Club to this nice resort. And again, Roberta being Roberta, she sets her eyes on the club like the I would guess I guess he's kind of like the camp counselor that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna call call him (laughs) because he's like the person in charge of their group so he's not like a teacher but he's like the camp counselor and he um he's an he's a he's a man like he's an older guy and she's all like oh I'm gonna make him like fall for me I'm gonna I'm gonna get him and it's like you're just a girl you know you're just a little girl but she sees herself as like again very I think she thinks she's a, mo- a lot more mature than she is because she grew up around adults. Um, she's always grown up around, like, she she wasn't in a traditional school setting and stuff. So she thinks she's, I think, a lot more, like, older and wiser than the kids she's around. Um, but she really isn't. But that's mm-hmm. just her perspective. And so she thinks, like, she's not setting her eyes on these kids, these young boys. She wants that man. <laughs> more problems more problems yeah and it's just like oh that's gonna be problematic so thankfully right now the teacher's not looking like a creep like the camp counselor's not looking like a creep who's Mm -hmm. gonna feed into that but you know we'll see um so then another thing is uh diego is has to do his community service so yeah so drawing
0: way back on what like episode one and two about the car Mm -hmm. crash uh, where now his dad has set this like community service up. We finally see it play out here, and which is weird. Like way at the Wacons Club, I wouldn't have imagined that they would choose.
1: Like this is where you're gonna do your community service. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we I, see it come back. So I think it's because they when they talked about his community service, like they were gonna be on this you know vacation, but they picked a little a little town, like basically like the inner city. You know, like they picked a bad neighborhood or whatever they want to call it. Like, um, and so they were going to send him there to do, to help give back to the community, you know, and um, I think that's where, you know, when he goes, and it's typical Diego, though, he's very much his son's, not his dad's son, because he tries to bribe the priest. Um, He tries to, he tells them, like, basically, if I give you this money, can you just say, I did my community service, and this and that. And the priest is like, I'll take your money as a donation to the church, but you're not getting away with that. (laughs) You know, you're not going to be bribed. Uh, I'm not going to be bribed to to do that. So, you know, he's helping these kids and all he really has to do is basically like, I guess, play with the neighborhood kids, like soccer or something. And so, unfortunately he gets into some trouble because he kind of picks on, not picks on his one kid, but he has a bit of an issue with one of the little kids and it turns out this kid has a, a big older brother who is pretty like tough looking, <laughs> and and he's like, "What did you do to my little brother?" and this so and that, and, and we could just see that there's gonna be trouble for Diego. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I think yeah, the priest breaks it up before anything can happen. But mm-hmm. yeah, do you want to go there or do you want to wait till later? Yeah, we can go till later. Yeah. All right. Um, I think one thing that did stand out from this episode as they're going to the Wakan's club, it's like there's been a lot of issues with Miguel for good reason. But one like small redeeming thing that comes up in this episode is uh, we see a character named Theo who's like the nerd, uh, mm-hmm. and he's getting picked on by the cool kids like Diego and his friends, and he's getting bullied, kind of beat up, and so Miguel like jumps in to defend him and like help him up and get him out of that situation. So, I mean, amidst like, like his craziness, he does have some kind of. Uh, you know, like protect the underdog kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's like the one
1: positive that I can see. So <laughs> well, well, it, it, and it's because again, I think Miguel's character is like we have seen him throughout this whole time. Um, like he's focused on this plan, but he doesn't seem like a bad guy. Like when they introduced him, like he's a very loving brother and loving son. Like he's. He's got a really good home life. Um, You know, he's good to his mom. He's good to his sister. He uh, has all these friends that are going to miss him when he leaves. Like, he's someone who just seems like a really good guy. And so that's Mm -hmm. where it kind of contrasts with this whole idea of him being on a mission to, like, hurt people, which is weird. Because, again, he doesn't seem like someone who would want to hurt people just for the sake of hurting people. So I think that's probably also why they play up his other side, which is kind of, like, the charming... You know, like you said, the charming person helping the underdog, this and that. Because deep down, like maybe he's not a bad guy, but they want to, so they want to show us that. But it's also like, why? Why is this person doing this? So it, it must be taking a lot for him to to turn into this villain who's seeking yeah. revenge. You know, and it's like, I don't know, but let's yeah, just no. call him misguided for now. He's <laughs> super misguided. Um, but another thing I did want to talk about before you know, as we, as we get closer to the end of the episode. Um, Roberta, again, going back to Roberta, and her, she is super impulsive and she just does things that, again, we don't, we know she just is trying to call attention to herself because she is from a world also where it's, like, attention is always, attention seeking, you know, like, her mom is a big star. She's always got attention on her. And so Roberta comes from that world. And so Roberta is trying to get her, her camp counselor's attention and she decides to pretend to drown. Mm -hmm. Um, so that he can save her and again to me that's like strike two Roberta because you almost like killed everybody on the bus and with the fire and then you almost kill yourself accidentally because you were pretending to drown but she actually doesn't know how to swim so she almost does drown all you know for trying to get the attention of this of this guy and so I'm like that's strike two for her in my book because she's just really impulsive and doesn't think things through and while I see how some of that will help her with some things like it just shows how how un I don't know what's the word I can call her but it's almost like she has no boundaries you know like no limits to what she's just kind of capable of thinking of just to do something to get what she wants so she's kind of like Miguel in the sense of they're both just kind of whatever they think they need to do to achieve their goal they're going to do it they're impulsive by nature mm-hmm. um and that's not to say the other ones aren't either but I feel like right now we've just seen uh these two kind of take these I don't know they're, they're a little bit more extreme steps Diego does a little bit too with the whole like you know drinking and driving that was a, a huge thing too but it's just like all these people doing things that could really hurt them mm-hmm. um but they're not really thinking about it you know again it comes with The fact that they're teenagers and they're not thinking long term uh you know what could happen but but it's just it's just something i wanted to point out yeah i get that um all right uh i guess the
0: last thing before we get to the end is uh jose lujan does find out that she's not on scholarship or at least not a sports scholarship
1: yeah she does she finds out and she's really upset about it because she's a orphan and Mm -hmm. she's coming from the orphanage and to her knowledge she has no one in her life or no one who like no family no anything so now that she knows someone out there is paying her school which is obviously a lot of money you know from Mm -hmm. from what they say so it's like who what and why you know like what's the story there and and it really upsets her because she also doesn't Like to be getting what she thinks as of a handout, you know, it's like a handout, Mm -hmm. but you know, um, again, she just is left with that mystery of, you know, what's going on.
0: All right, so should we talk the end? Yeah. All right. So as we said, Diego's out in the town doing his community service at this church. Gets into this altercation with the older brother of that little boy. The priest breaks it up but then at the end of the episode you want
1: to talk about what happens there? Yeah so you know as we've seen again Diego can be really snooty and stuff so he, he you know he does again get away with being kind of annoying when the priest breaks it up it seems like okay that's it you know it's going to be fine but then he leaves and it's not fine because this this guy comes back with, his, with basically with a gang of guys and they, um, they beat him up. They beat him up really bad. They attack him. And they even, like, pull out a knife and stab him. So we see Diego being attacked and left on the street at the end of this episode. Uh, and we don't know how badly he's hurt. But mm-hmm. but at that point, you feel bad for him because, you know, no matter what he did, like, he was being, you know, annoying and, you know, yes, snob and all that. He still doesn't deserve to be attacked and left on the road to die, you know. Yeah. And so... um so that's how the episode ends and that's a perfect like cliffhanger for us to jump
0: into the next episodes uh before we go this week who's your who is your standout who's your favorite from these two episodes
1: um well i don't know everyone's kind of has their has their moment (laughs) okay maybe who got on your nerves the most Oh, okay. Everyone. No, <laughs> no. Um, I think if I would have said the first couple episodes, like I really was, I'm liking Mia's humor. I mm-hmm. feel like it adds that layer of funny that we need sometimes because she doesn't think she's being funny, but it's funny to us, the viewers, like right. to her, it's like all serious, like, Oh, this and that, but she's funny. And so I've, I've liked her. I'm not sure how I'm going to keep liking her now as we get more into this Miguel and her situation, but, um, I would say, uh, my least favorite right now is probably has been, I would say it's now torn half and half between, um, Roberta and Tomas mm-hmm. because Roberta, I do like Roberta, but I don't like how she's been acting in these two episodes, <laughs> you know, just some of the stuff she does to get attention. Like she, um, make stories up about her mom too, just to get attention from this guy that she likes Mm -hmm. at the the club counselor. And so it's it's like she's willing again to do whatever it takes to get attention on her. And so I'm not liking her. And Tomas is just annoying because he's an instigator and he doesn't add anything to the situation. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would agree. I mean Mia definitely stood out in first couple of episodes. I think we can shout out Nico for just being the logical voice of reason in a lot of Mm -hmm. cases uh saving Miguel from himself um I agree with Tomas like he has yet to bring anything to the novela so I'm still waiting hopefully he gets better (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh Giovanni hasn't been super likable yet but um knowing that you know for those who know that he plays a big part in the in the band later Mm -hmm. um I hope he becomes more likable soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, that is episodes three and four. Uh, we're leaving with the cliffhanger of what's going to happen to poor Diego. Um, now that he's gotten attacked. Um, we'll be back next week with um, episodes five and six. And then seven and eight. Uh, so keep watching. Keep Um, making sure you follow, like, and subscribe, share any comments with us, um, you know, visit us on Instagram. What's our Insta?
1: Uh, It's at Rebelde Rewatch on Instagram. So make sure to follow us there. Uh, And we hope you tune in again. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Bye.